This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And I'm here today with the amazing Bob Berg. If you don't know who Bob is, by the way, Bob uh, has four books. One of them is a best-selling book. Well, it's called The Go-Givers. It's been on the uh, Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's a best-selling best book on the Wall Street Journal, a Business Week book, uh, but also it's been uh, he sold over uh, just under a million copies. It's in 28 different languages, which is crazy. Uh, he's also worked with a lot of Fortune 500 companies and shared the stages with some big celebrities from small groups to 50 to 16,000. Bob, just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the Game Changers Experience. Oh, it's so great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, um, I just kind of wanted, because I know that you've been in entrepreneurship and, and, and you know, in, in this arena for around 30 years, right? Which is a long time. But I mean, how did you, because you've been in it for such a long time, I just like to kind of just get an idea about how did you make that shift into kind of entrepreneurship from what you did before? Uh, well, I actually began as a, a broadcaster first in radio and then television. I, I wasn't particularly good at that, though. And it wasn't long before I, I like to say I graduated into sales. But uh, I really knew nothing about selling on a formal on a formal basis. And, you know, again, this is now more than 40 years ago. And back then, you know, it's it not everybody knew that that wasn't part of every company's training and so forth. And and that it was pretty much non-existent with the right. company I was working with. It was just go out and sell, you know? So I floundered for really the first few months until I, I happened to be in a bookstore and saw that there was a, an actual sales section, which again, we take for granted these days, but back then that just wasn't really a thing. Mm. And I remember picking up a couple of books. One was by Tom Hopkins and one was by Zig Ziglar. And I remember bringing those home and after work, uh, I would start reading and studying and devouring them and going through all the exercises and everything. And I mean, I, that was just my mission. And really within a few weeks, Adam, my sales began to go through the roof. I mean, it was just night and day. Well, what were you selling, if you don't mind me asking? At the time, I was selling uh, advertising for both television and radio. And uh, so, you know, it really told me that if you have a methodology for something, a system, if you will, um, there's really nothing you can't, <clears throat> you can't do if you're willing to follow it. I mean, to this day, I would personally define a system as simply the process for predictably mm. achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. The key being predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A, uh, and you'll get the eventually get the desired results. And uh, so that kind of put me on a quest to learn as much about selling 
as I could. But really what that entailed is, you know, because you're in this business, is personal development. Absolutely. And you start learning all these things that build you from the inside. And then that, that, that inside growth manifests itself in outward success. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got all the classics that, you know, I'm sure you have in your library, the how to win friends and influence people and the think and grow rich and the, uh, you know, as a man thinketh, psycho-cybernetics and, and the magic of thinking, all the, these great, great books. And uh, really, it, it became just a, 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 not only my profession, but my fascination. And, uh, you know, eventually I worked my way up to sales manager for another company and um uh and started speaking after that after i started after people started asking me to to show them what was working for you know with with um, my team uh, and eventually just kind of morphed into a speaking business and part of that is writing books to position yourself in the marketplace and uh so my first book was endless referrals network your everyday contacts into sales the first edition of that came out in the 90s actually that's how long i've been in this and uh, then, of course, the Go Giver and the Go Giver series co-authored with John David Mann. That's interesting. Uh, I was going to actually say to you because I think that the first book that you wrote was back in '94. I think it was uh, Endless Referrals. And and obviously, I know that you've got the Go Giver. But I wanted to kind of, my, I guess, my first question was around how does the Endless Referrals differentiate between that and the Go Giver in terms of like content and stuff. Well, endless referrals is the system. Uh, endless referrals was written for that entrepreneur or salesperson who knew they had a great product or service. They were proud of it. They loved the idea of the value they could bring to others, but they didn't necessarily feel comfortable. And you know many people like this, you know, comfortable in the relationship building process. Absolutely. So that was a how-to system for for earning people's know, like, and trust. And that's always been my mantra so to speak all things being equal people will do business with and refer business to those people they know like and trust um and uh the go-giver came about because i i just kind of i'd always loved reading business parables they're short they're succinct they typically have a powerful message and as you know as stories they connect on a heart-to-heart -heart level and so i was so what if we could take that basic idea of the know like and trust and put it into parable form so uh, what I really asked myself was in, in titling it is what is the what is the um, essence of a person who is able to develop those know like and trust relationships both quickly and sustainably and and really the essence is they're always giving they're always focused on giving value to others so coming up with the title the go giver which was a first step you know that was that but but the best thing i did for the book was was asking john david mann to co-author it with me i knew john because he was the editor-in-chief of a magazine that i used to write for and uh within a at that time a very small group now he's the golden boy of the uh publishing you know if, if there's a <laughs> celebrity or big business icon that has a book to write the agents and the publishers want john to be either the ghostwriter or the co-author but back right. then people knew of his brilliance. Fortunately, I was one of them who did. And so I asked him to be the co-author and really the lead writer and storyteller, which thankfully he agreed to do. And, uh, <laughs> had fun with that series. I wanted to ask you actually, you know, I mean, the definition of go-giver, because I, I want to get some clarity here because I know that there 
probably maybe some misconceptions of what go giver really means and stuff. What does go giver really mean to you? And how does it, how can it be applied to entrepreneurship? Yeah. And so the, the, the premise, and this is where the differentiator between endless referrals, which was the how to and the go giver, which is more the overriding philosophy and premises. You, as you expertly said, right. um, the, the premise is simply that shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. Mm. Not for some woo-woo way out their reason or anything. No, it actually makes very logical sense. When you're that person who can move your focus off of yourself and actually just look to bring value to others to make their lives better, help solve their problems, help be the solution. And so, well, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you, right? They like you, they trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to be part of your life, part of your business. And they're typically happy to tell others about you. So it's actually... Uh, very practical. You know, I often say when I speak at a sales conference, one of the first things I'll say is nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to buy That's from great. you because you need the money uh, or even because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And you know, Adam, that's the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from me or, or from anyone else. Mm. And the good thing about that is it means that that entrepreneur, that salesperson, who can be absolutely laser focused on that other person making their lives better, that's the person who creates that environment for the sale to take place. Interesting. Uh, we'll talk about sales in a minute because it's an interesting subject and and but I, I want to kind of go down um, the whole kind of um, sort of the go givers scenario because I know that there's a that, that I know that there are for example uh, Ivan Meisner from B and I for example you know he's really a big celebrity and he uses the givers game thing. Could I? I would really like some clarity because I really want to know the philosophies between go giver and givers gain. Are there any differences between the two? And if so, what are they? Oh, I don't know that there's differences. I think he encapsulates his in, in two words that are just beautiful when he says giver's gain. Right. And, and it's really that when you focus on others, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you are really creating that what we call benevolent context for success. Very logical. And as he does this through BNI, which is the, you know, the largest referral based organization in the world. I mean, right. the amount of money that has been that has been referred to others, uh, I think, is better than is more than the gross national product of certain small co uh, countries. That's <laughs> true. So, and so when people approach it the correct way, when it, with a genuine desire to give or bring value to other human beings, mm. you know, again, that, that no like and trust is, is very firmly developed and established and developed. Sure. Very interesting. Um, what I was going to say is in terms of, you talked about adding value to people uh, in many different ways, but is there a way of adding value to someone without it costing too much time or money? 
Oh, sure. Uh, because when you think about it, what is value? Now, where price is a dollar amount uh, or pounds or euros or, you know, wherever you want to go in that, that way, it's, it, it's, a, a, it's finite. It simply is what it is, right? Value, though, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this, whether it's a product or service or concept or idea or information or help or you know, what have you that brings so much worth to another person that they will you know, either exchange their money for it, uh, choose to want to be in relationship with you as a result, uh, want to, what have you. And so there's both intrinsic value of a product or a service, let's say an accountant, okay does your taxes and they charge a certain fee but they're able to save you more in taxes than what they charged you as a fee well you know they've given you more in value than they took in payment while making a very healthy profit but not only did they save you money through you know through your taxes they also saved you time and they provided you and your family with peace of mind and security Right, so there's a lot of just intrinsic value. But what's the, that additional value that, as you said, you can add without it costing extra money? Because there's a lot of accounts, and many of them do a wonderful job, but what separates them? What distinguishes one from anyone else? And, and what it really is, it comes down to this, Adam, that you need to be that additional value. Mm. Because they're really buying you even before they buy your company, your product, your service, what have you. So how do you do that? How do you distinguish yourself? Well, the good news is there are dozens, if not hundreds of ways to communicate this additional value. But they tend to come down to five what we call elements of value. Okay. And those elements of value are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. Okay, and are these much, the are these the five laws in the go? -go? No, no, these oh, are just okay. five laws oh, okay. within the law of value, which is the first law. <laughs> Crazy. So, okay, so let's go into those a little bit more deeper. Then you talked about those five things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, how does one uh, let in rather rather than kind of defining, but how do we apply each one, or maybe on a consistent, or maybe some examples would be great. Well, when we talk about excellence, and again, the five laws of stratospheric success in the book are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The five elements of value within the law of value, right, well, begins with excellence, and that's simply competence. That's knowing what you're doing, doing it really well, doing your job. It means you're studying your stuff. You know it means that if you have a certain niche market, you know that market so well that when it comes to how you can help them, you know more about their business than they know about it themselves, and you're able to add insight into their business and provide solutions to problems they may never even have known they had. Mm. I mean, that's excellence. But excellence is also in the way you make other people feel. And this is the way that you answer the phone and the way you respond to your emails. Uh, it's the way that, that, uh, uh, that people are greeted. It's, it's the little things, like instead of, how you doing it's good morning or good afternoon or good evening when someone thanks you instead of saying no problem or no worries 
or, or even your welcome, it's my pleasure. And having that culture throughout your company where this is how people are. Okay? It's a bit like, yeah. uh, what do they call it? It's a bit like um, etiquette in a way, isn't it? Like etiquette? Yeah, well, that's sure. That's a great part of it. It's a great uh, way to say Yeah, it. I suppose it's very kind of British. Do you know what I mean? Like when we think of the word etiquette, it's kind of like manners or respect. Or well, it is. It is manners and it is, it is re respect. And it's those little things that others don't do that you, you know, that you, you think of doing and you do it now. Next, you do it consistently. That's the second element of value. Uh, because it's not enough to just do things with excellence every so often, or even most of the time. It's got to be done day after day, week after week, month after month. It's got because people crave consistency. Consistency engenders trust. Without consistency, hey, we've all known those people who are one way one day, and the next time you saw them, they were totally different. Mm -hmm. Nicest, sweetest, kindest person one time, and then the next time they're a monster. And you don't know who they are. And you don't really trust who they are, right? So consistency is very key. Attention, and this is attention to detail. Uh, it means that you, you listen, and you listen with such attention that you, you're able to discover what that person really needs, what they want, what they desire, what issues they're having. Um, you see them not just as a, a prospect, but you see them as a human being and you learn about other aspects of their life. And you know, you pay attention to the little details because those little differences often make the big differences. Okay, again, none of this costs money to do. These are just these little, now empathy, the fourth element of value is probably the most important of all. I think it's uh, empathy is the most important life skill, the most important business skill. Uh, you know, the dictionary definition of empathy is the identification with or vicarious experiencing of another person's feelings, which sounds like a fancy way of saying step into the other person's shoes. And it would be, except for the fact that most of us have different sized feet. So while we <laughs> literally can't step into their shoes, we figuratively can't step into their minds or their hearts because we're not them. And we all come from different experiences. <clears throat> so communicating empathy doesn't necessarily mean you know how they feel. It means you communicate that while you may or may not understand how they feel, you understand they're feeling something. Right. And that this something is distressful to them and you are there to help them through it. And then the fifth element of value is, is appreciation or gratitude. And when we appreciate those around us and we appreciate the opportunities we have, and when we appreciate the chance to work with, with people and serve customers, serve clients, we, we put out a different set of, of vibrations, really, than when we don't. And the fact is, gratitude, which is really a sense of, uh, you know, you can't be happy unless you're grateful, obviously, right? <clears throat> Happiness, thus gratitude, is very attractive mm -hmm. and people want to be around those people who they, they see that way. So those five elements of value to the degree that you can communicate one or more, hopefully all five of those at every touch point Absolutely. with that person, that's yeah. the degree you do distinguish yourself. You know, I was gonna say it though, I mean, I mean, we talk about sort of competition and, and whatever it is, but I kind of, my thought process was like with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, and you mentioned five things there, right? What do you think are kind of like the, the five, I suppose, the most common mistakes and the reasons why people don't, don't apply these five 
you know, five insights that you talked about in the methodology. Well, you know, what is their downfall? Do you, do you know what I mean? That like they're making the same mistakes that you talked about consistency, for example, you know, and I, I, this is just my personal opinion is that people are not consistent enough in terms of their values. They come from a place of value and that kind of, I don't know. What do you, what is your opinion in terms of what do you think why people aren't as successful as they could be if only they applied the five um, principles that you talked about, what do they do wrong? Well, uh, first of all, you're, you're correct that it may not be part of their value system. People mm. basically act according to their values. Right. <clears throat> now, one reason it may not be in their value system is because it was something they were never taught. And it's something that is so is very surprising that, that those kinds of things aren't necessarily taught. Sure. And if someone isn't aware of it or doesn't see it as a problem, it's not something they're going to work on in, in order to develop. That's why there's, you know, people like you out there and Ivan Meisner and great people out there who are, mm -hmm. you know, teaching us all these, these principles that uh, help. And so uh, I think education is a big part of it. And then the person needs to be willing to take that information and actually start applying it. Yeah, very good. Good point. Actually, I was going to ask you, because you, you talked a lot about value in, in, in our conversations, which, which I love that, by the way. But I want to kind of, here's a really interesting point here, because go-givers and value, which you're talking about, how could it be kind of misinterpreted in a way that if I'm giving value to, say, you, for example, and I feel that maybe you're taking advantage of someone or someone feels... Where is the balance? Where's the fine line that goes between value and go-givers and being taken advantage of? Well, first, I, I think it's really, really important uh, to understand that, that there's nothing, absolutely nothing about being a go-giver mm. that is congruent with being taken advantage of, being anybody's doormat, being a martyr, or being <laughs> self-sacrificial. Right. Okay. Being a go-giver simply means you understand that to the degree that you can focus on bringing immense value to others, understanding that value is always in the eyes of the beholder, right? It's not what we believe is of value. It's what they find to be of value. Mm -hmm. So that person who's able to do that and communicate that uh, effectively, you know, that's the person obviously who, who succeeds. Um, but, you know, I think people hear the, the term go-giver and they assume, well, that means you don't make a profit or you just give yourself away or you have to say yes to everything. That's <laughs> not, nothing to do with that. I, I suppose it's, I guess it's around kind of people's expectations, right? And I, I, I kind of had this philosophy and I was speaking to, uh, it was interesting. So I was out, uh, I was out the other day with my daughter who was, who was only like two months old. So I was in the uh, walking with a stroller while she was crying and, and whatever it is. And there was a chap that came up to me and he was talking around Donald Trump. And I was like, I wasn't really that engaged in the conversation. And he was like, I'm really disappointed with how society has turned out. And I just said, I was like, one thing that I've really learned is that never to have expectations, because if you have expectations, you have disappointment. I don't know. I just kind of, it, it kind of hit me in the face. And it's like, this guy is still so disappointed with the way life is generally and whatever it is. And maybe you need to kind of manage those expectations a little bit differently. I don't know, Bob, but sorry, I was just kind of completely off tangent. No, there. I call them attachments. Okay, and, okay. and and regardless of, of who the particular politician is and depending upon what side of the, the fence in, in our country, uh, where there's such a divide, 
um, between the political left and the political right that it, mm. you know I, I often make the the comparison that it used to be that politics in America was I'm right you're wrong which which was never ideal but at least you'd engage with people if right. you felt they were wrong and you know they may have good intent but they're wrong well you engage because you want to help them to see the light right depending right. upon what your light is <laughs> now instead of I'm right you're wrong it's I'm right you're evil mm. And this is why engagement, and I don't know how it is, you know, where you are, I suspect probably it's it's similar because it seems to be all over the world. I, I, I don't know to the degree. By the way, guys, I just want to say this before we continue our conversation is that this show is not to do with religion and politics. We don't bring that kind of stuff up. But it was just because I had an epiphany right. conversation. So I just wanted to put that out. <laughs> and, um, and so what happens is if you... If you feel that the other person, okay, is evil, you won't engage with them. Because why would you engage with evil? There's no hope if something is pure evil, right? And Absolutely. if you, the other person feels that you feel they're evil, they're not going to engage with you. And that's where things break down. So I think the best thing that we can all do is is just kind of lose our attachment. You know, we can expect things to, to be good, get better, what happened, that, that's fine. I, I want people to have positive expectation, but I think we have to, we have to make sure we, we, we don't have an emotional attachment mm. to a certain result because yeah. attachment by its very nature means your sense of happiness and peace of mind is dependent upon this thing being the way you want it. And mm. there's simply no guarantee that Absolutely. that's ever going to, now you've got uh, you've got a new book out. Go give us influence. Is that correct? That's our latest one in the series. Yeah. 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 So um, tell us a, so tell us more about the tell us more about the uh, about that one and how it's a little bit different from maybe the first edition. Yeah. Well, so we we did this for the very reason that we believe you know influence is so very important mm -hmm. because if you have ideas and this is by the way whether you're a leader of a company, uh, whether you're in sales, I mean, it's still about leadership, uh, you know, whether you're in politics or whether you're, what have you, in the ability to influence, which is on a very basic level is to be able to move a person or person um, to a certain direction involving a specific issue, okay? And so if you can do that, your chances for success in business, success in life are certainly uh, improved immeasurably. And so this was really five principles involved with being a better influencer. And it really has to do with your focus, again, on the other person. You know, Dale Carnegie in, in, in uh, his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, what I believe was the underlying premise of his book is where he said, ultimately, People do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the great influencer, what we in the book refer to as the genuine influencer, they don't try to push their ideas on others. People don't receive that well. Uh, they don't try to push their will on others. They're not pushy, right? Instead, they pull. They gently pull. What is pull? Pull is an attraction. Great influencers uh, gently pull you. They, they, they attract you first to themselves and only then to their ideas. And we talk about how to, how to basically do this. You know, the, the key 
philosophy, if you will, in this story is that you know genuine influence is the ability to um, uh, to to get the results you want when dealing with others in such a way that not only does everyone come away better off than they were before, that everyone come away a winner, but that the other person feels genuinely good about themselves, uh, about the situation and about you. And to the degree you can do that, you set yourself up for just, you know, tremendous success. Very cool. Um, com completely random question here, Bob, because I know that you're a bit of an animal lover, I heard. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I want to I want to just kind of get an understanding, and it's completely um, a bit off cusp, uh, off cusp. But I'm just trying to trying to figure out why so many people are attracted to cat and dog videos, and because you're an animal lover, and I'm just curious, and you know, just kind of out a bit of a fun, really. Well, I mean, I, I love all animals. I think that they are pure in intent. They're they're pure at heart. Uh, they're generally kind and loyal and loving and, uh, you know, I mean, I just think there's everything to love about them. And, and unfortunately, uh, they are so mistreated by so yeah. many and, True. you know, and we, we slaughter, kill, eat them. And, you know, what have they done to deserve that? So, Absolutely. you know, I just find I'm not able to, to eat anything that, that, you know, lived anymore. And it took me a, a long time to get to that point. But once I really started studying and understanding it and you realize, you know, really who has the right to do that to another living creature, but the mm. conditions they're brought up in and raised in and slaughtered is just, is just awful. But, but as far as loving cat and dog videos, I think just cause they're so adorable, you know, and we <laughs> we see really the humanity in animals that is often more than the humanity in humans. True. I mean, I, I was just curious because you're such a big animal lover. So I thought, well, I'm going to ask an animal lover why sure. cat and dog videos are so popular on uh, like, Instagram or sure. YouTube or whatever it is. So um, I guess uh, last question really, because you've been in entrepreneurship for like 30 odd years and you've been doing sales and marketing and you've, you, you've, you've achieved a lot of things you know, a lot of things compared to most entrepreneurs. A lot, a lot of failures too, which is Absolutely, part of it. 100%. But I guess, um, I guess my question is, is, you know, what's important to you right now? You know, what, 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 is, the, uh, what is the next big steps for Bob Berg? Uh, well, as far as what we're doing in the, the, the business, my business partner, Kathy Tajanel and I, we have um, uh, a number of projects. One of them, we, we have just released a um, uh, online video course called okay. M referrals, the go giver way. Yeah. Uh, and we also have a team of internationally, a team of certified go giver speakers who license the materials and we teach them how to build a speaking practice and so forth. So I'm, I'm getting off the road a lot more uh, as I get older and uh, you know, a lot more through online and through our awesome team of, uh, of certified speakers. Awesome. So guys, if you are, uh, I'd love it if you guys are interested in connecting with Bob. I hope, is it right if they can connect with you? Is that all right, Bob? Sure, at, uh, you know, Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. And there's lots of resources there. And at the, if they go to the very bottom of the page, they'll see everywhere that I'm on, that I'm on social media. So they can always connect with me. Awesome. Very cool. So listen, guys, I hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed our conversations with me and Bob. Um, by the way, um, I was going to say, if you've enjoyed this episode, of course, feel free to leave a uh, five-star review on iTunes. I'd be really, really grateful. Um, just for, so from me and Bob, 
I just want to say thank you so much for listening in today and we'll see you on the next Game Changers experience. Take care, guys. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.